Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 398. Wow. That means I have done this show 397 times, about to embark on the 398th time. Thank you for tuning in to No Fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, whether this is your 398th time or your first time. If it is your first time and you're wondering what the hell went on for 397 episodes, I can help you out for free. You can access them all. If you go to jenkirkman.com and click podcast, you can uh, definitely hear the last couple episodes right there. Click a link and I'll take you to like the last couple of years of episodes that are on a website called Art19. Uh, the link is in the show notes uh, for that uh, website. Art19 is the um, podcast network that I'm with. But then there's another link on my uh, podcast page on my website, which is, um, it takes you back to back when this podcast was called I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast, takes you back to the beginning, 2013. They're all available on SoundCloud, but it's easiest to access them through the link that I have up there. And then once you're there, you just have to keep scrolling and letting it refresh and it'll just keep taking you back in time. It's like a very slow-moving time machine, but pretty fast if you consider you can get all the way back to 2013 in about 10 minutes of scrolling. Pretty cool. So there you go. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is, is, is you know what podcasts are. It's people talking, right? I don't interview anyone. I talk by myself to you. I'm like a friend that doesn't let you get a word in, but, but you like it for some reason because you don't feel like talking. You're just chilling out. You're going to sleep. You're walking the dog. You're doing the dishes. You're doing some work, whatever. You're driving to work. You're driving home from work. You're driving around looking for work. Whatever you're doing, I am here with you again. This is not a comedy special. I do have two comedy specials on Netflix. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine as well as just keep living. You can watch them all to your heart's content. I do not get any residuals. I only mention, and I'm not complaining. That's just not how that platform works. Um, but I mention them because I just want to remind you that on a comedy special, somebody is doing perfected material that they've practiced. And, uh, you know, the taping is like the big culmination of all the hard work, all the punchlines. This, no punchlines. Could be funny. Could be a punchline accidentally. But I am not planning out what I'm going to say. These are not jokes. You get what a podcast is. Sometimes, every once in a while, I feel like I have to explain. Because people are like, I thought this was going to be funny. And I'm like, well, I mean, what, what did you, th- have you listened to other podcasts 
Are they laugh out loud every five minutes? Do you, who wants to laugh all the time? Like, don't you guys ever just want to relax a little bit? I love that I'm making it like your problem. Like, no, we do want to laugh. That's why we listen to a comedian's podcast. All right, well, you might not laugh on this one. Anyway, so if you want to join the Patreon, I'm going to explain to you really quick. I know, I know that y'all are like, Jen, you say this every week. But again, I have to take into account that people may be listening for the first time. Maybe they fast forward sometimes. And maybe this time I'm just getting them in the sweet spot. But if you want to join the Patreon of this podcast, how you do that is you go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. And uh, that's pretty much it. You can join at the $3 level or all the way up to $20. The $3 level, uh, you basically get the audio version of this show earlier than you would. Um, You get the raw, like my editor hasn't cleaned up the sound and added the theme song to it. I I really don't edit this show at all. So I can't say you're getting anything unedited. Um, I literally never edit anything out. So the only editing this show ever does is like if I do something stupid, like accidentally hit stop, and then I have to start another QuickTime file, and then I'll ask my editor to piece them together. But So the $3 version is just really what you're getting is you're getting the episode earlier and you're getting it on Patreon. So you have access to, um, they're not message boards, but you have access to the comment section on Patreon regarding that episode. So you can talk to me directly about it. And I interact a lot with the fans on Patreon. And then I make sometimes like videos that aren't promised as as bonuses. And so I'll be just kind of like, wandering around and maybe I'll make a video, throw it up on Patreon. And the people at the $3 level get that and you, you know, you do get some stuff here and there. $5 level, you get the video version every week and the video version is always longer. That is where you get exclusive material every episode that is not on the audio version. And uh, that that's good. You, you get some hot gossip. Like I just revealed something I'm going to be doing this November to the video version people only. So you have to go there to find out. And then uh, they also get one 20-minute bonus episode every uh, month about something in celebrity or pop culture. And the video version people also get, you know, some unreleased stand-up tracks that I might throw up for them. And uh, $10 level a month, I'll stop describing the levels after this, but that's probably the cheapest you can get for the most. So $10 a month, you get that video version. Also, obviously, you get the audio version. If you would rather that for some reason earlier, um, you get the video version usually does come out earlier as well. You get two 20-minute bonuses a month about something going on in pop culture. Those are audio episodes only. And then you get a one-hour bonus episode that can either be audio or video. And that is whatever I want it to be. Sometimes I do listener questions. I've taken people on a day in the life with me and edited it all together. I've gone home to visit my family and made videos. I interviewed Dana Carvey at the Improv on video. That is a bonus episode. I did a two-hour, meant, I meant it to be one hour, but I couldn't shut up, uh, about anxiety and and uh, you know my journey with it. So all of that is available to the $10 level. So whatever level you join at, you also have access to all of the archives. So you're not just joining and only have access to to what you just joined with, you get to go back. So, I mean, it's a really good deal. And if you join annually, you do get a discount. Now, I'm not recommending that because it makes me anxious. Like, don't make me on the hook for another year. But I'm just telling you, there are discounts like that. And there are no ads on the Patreon version. So there you go. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. But I am going for 1,031 subscribers by... Uh, October 31st, and 2,022 subscribers by 2022. And and that means early 2022, not like the last day of 2022. Come on. Anyway, enough of that. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, I'll tell you. I'm a criminal, and I lied to Target about items being damaged so that I could keep them and get a refund. I'll explain. 
I mentioned I would talk about this last week and then I ran out of time, but the uh, we've got an update on a woman that was the lone survivor of a plane crash. I don't know, I feel like many of you who are traveling again now that you're vaccinated and you haven't flown in a while, maybe you're experiencing some anxiety. I just want you to know that if your plane crashes, you could survive and you could thrive and live a great life and even, you know, get, get you know, a lot of good things out of it. So you might, you might be bummed your plane doesn't crash. Think about it that way, right? Also, just a little mention of Hilaria Baldwin. She is still doubling down. I know the story is like a couple weeks old, but I just, I'm obsessed and I forgot to mention it. I'm just, I just, I love her. Like, I love her. She is a problematic celebrity in a way that's like not really totally hurting anyone. Um, And it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. And I've got some listener emails and just something really interesting, as long as we're talking about travel. Uh, So we've got two articles this, well, actually three articles this week. That the history of the rolling suitcase is steeped in sexism. That's right. Not the invention of it, but why it was held back for so long. So let's just start here, just so you know who you're dealing with. I am a criminal. And if you don't want to listen to the rest of the episode after you hear what I did, I understand. So I'm not going to talk about Ilaria Baldwin and her shortcomings and, you know, all this stuff. I am going to hang on. I love it. Uh, it's a little staged, but we need to see your face. I wonder if they'll be like, why is his friend sending this? I'm taping my podcast as we speak. Um, sorry, I'm texting my friend. Okay. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. So... I ordered these candles from Target. Now, I saw them at a friend's house and I was like, these candles must be a million dollars. They are like leather and embers. I wish I'd known about them during the holidays. They have a crackling wood wick. It sounds like a fireplace. It is loud. I have bought crackling wood wick candles before and expensive ones and it barely crackles. I light these candles and I'm like, what is that sound? Is something leaking? And I'm like, oh, it's the crackling wood wick. And it's this nice musky smell. So anyway, I asked my friend, where'd you get these rich bitch candles? And she's like, uh, Target. And I was like, you are kidding. Um, And she's like, okay, yeah, you got to get them at Target. So I, I go to Target website and I'm like, oh my God, what a steal for these candles. These candles would be like $50 somewhere else. And these are like 12 bucks. So I order a bunch. And I usually, I do that thing where um, it's like delivery or I pick up at the location, but they weren't available anywhere near me and it wasn't available for delivery. It was only available for shipping. I'm trying to reduce the amount of, you know, shipping I do in my life, but this was the only choice. So, okay. So the box comes. I am so excited. I am in the mood to light the candles. I open the box. There is abs. Usually I will order like a pencil and I will get a box that is the size of a refrigerator and it's filled with packing peanuts and popping things and those big air-filled plastic things. And I'm like, relax, everybody. It's a pencil. This was the opposite. I ordered like 
eight candles or whatever, and there was nothing in the box. Nothing. No layer of packing peanuts, no layer of the things that you pop, no like blown up anything, nothing, nothing. It was just the candles and they were wrapped in like paper, like just a little layer of paper around each candle. And then just in the box that was way bigger than it needed to be. So they were just, I mean, from the moment they were packed and put on the truck, they were probably broken. The Everything was, I just was like, I, I opened the box. I pick up a thing. I can hear them. I can hear it. It's just a box of glass shards. I pick up one of them and I can feel the glass shards in the paper. I open it. I cut myself a little. Nothing too bad. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, go crazy here. But I, I saw blood. And uh, yeah, the candles were broken. Now, the candle itself was intact. I couldn't, it wasn't a thing where I could separate the glass from the candle entirely. The glass was stuck on and then some of it was hanging off. So I peeled off all the broken glass. And so it would be this candle that you absolutely cannot burn on its own unless you put it in something. But I have a bunch of like little vases that are perfect for something ridiculous like this. Like, so I can just put the candle in the vase. It doesn't look that great, but the candle is still usable. And the wax can melt into the vase. And if any glass cracks, it's all in this vase. You know when you get those kind of like round vases that you would never buy for yourself in real life because only a florist knows how to make flowers stay in them because they put that sponge in there and like all this stuff and they make an arrangement. I had like three of those from various getting flowers over the last year. No big deal. People love to send me flowers. So it came in handy. So the, 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 the candles were salvageable, but I was like, this is crazy. I don't love, I wanted to just have, you know, I mean, listen, if they had packed it properly and they were broken, I may have not even said anything. I may, I may have been like lesson learned. There's just no good way to send candles, even with all the packing peanuts and the, you know, air popping plastic things and, you know, wrapping them in, uh, I can't think of that word, packing, packing wrapper. Oh God, I'm having a senior moment. Wrapping something in packing plastic popping paper. What is the word I'm trying to think of? Bubble wrap. Oh my God, guys, this is not good. This is not good. This is, I don't smoke pot. Do you understand? This is not good. This is perimenopause. You cannot think of words. When does this end? When all the estrogen is out of my body, do I get to get my memory back? Because it seems like it would only get worse from here. Bubble wrap. Okay, no. So I thought if it had come all perfectly packaged, I would have just been like, look it, there's nothing anyone can do. It is what it is. You got some broken candles. Next time, just wait until they're available at the store near you. But because they were wrapped so redonkulously, I was like, no, this is this is human error that could have been prevented or at least attempted to be prevented. So I used the handy chat with a, a person feature on the Target website. And I said, hello, here is my order number. I got a box of candles that were all broken. And they said, how many of them were broken? And I said, all six of them or however many I ordered. Six, eight. I said, I can take a picture if you want. It's all just shards of glass. I said, it didn't come in any kind of bubble wrap, packing peanuts, nothing. It was just paper around each one. And uh, I don't know, the person or the robot I was talking to was like, okay. And they said, so all of them are damaged. And I went and just felt around and then I felt one candle and I opened it. And that one candle was not damaged. And I continued to text, yes, all of them are damaged. All of them. The glass is half broken off or there's pieces of glass sticking in the candle, which is true. It's basically a box full of shards of glass and some wax, which is true. But there was one candle totally intact and I didn't fess up to it. And they said, okay, we'll refund you for all six candles. Was that, they didn't even want picture proof. I mean, 
If they did, I would have been honest, but they didn't. So it was the honor system. And I felt I deserved a free candle for all of my troubles. So I did get that. And I lied. I fucking lied. Now, am I ripping off a big corporate box store? Yes. Am I a revolutionary for that? Yes. Guess everybody. I am your generation's Abby Hoffman. But listen, I'm sure somebody will have a problem with it. Well, technically. But I, the worst part is, guys, I feel no guilt. I feel entitled to that candle. Unpaid. Now, that is fine, maybe. Good, Jen, don't worry about it. But isn't that how big, bad people are? When you go, someone is a sociopath. When they were sentencing Keith Ranieri of the Nexium cult and the victims were on the stand telling him, this is what you did to me, you shit human. And he didn't have any reaction because he's a sociopath. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. He thinks he was well within his rights to do everything he did. He felt entitled to his sex cult. Maybe it started with, I feel entitled to get all candles for free, even though one of them wasn't damaged. I don't know. Does it get worse from here? Or do I just stay at this kind of petty crime level my whole life? I don't want it to get worse. But what steps have I taken? See, because I'm confessing this on a podcast, but I plan to do nothing about it. I'm not going to write back Target and go, I have a confession. I said that uh, all the candles were broken and, you know, one of them wasn't. Could you please take my $12? I'm not going to go to Target and leave $12 in the aisle hoping they find it. Well, that would be dumb. That, that would never get back to the corporation. I, I, Maybe I could write a letter to them and say, I just wanted to confess this. How would you like to handle it? And I bet they would say, it's okay, ma'am. Thank you for confessing. I don't know. But I'm not. I'm just telling you guys, and I'm using it as entertainment. I mean, not only am I not sorry, I feel entitled to it. I don't want to make any amends. And I want you to love this story. And I want you to tell me that you too are a hardened, petty criminal of some capacity so that I don't feel so bad about myself. Because I really, really, you know, I don't, well, that's the problem. I feel bad that I don't feel bad, which does that count as still feeling kind of bad? Maybe. Probably not enough. So you can send me your stories of your recent crimes. And I don't mean when you were a kid and you didn't know any better. Recent crimes. <laughs> I seem fun at gmail.com. And if you want to tell me that I'm a bad person, I will not email you back and tell you, how dare you? I asked for this. If you truly think what I did was wrong, tell me why, and I will read it on air, and I'm dead serious. <laughs> this Now, it might not be read by next week, because sometimes I tape episodes in advance, but by end of August or early September, if you write me about this, I will read it on a future episode, and I'll do a little section about where we're at with the crime of July, which is I technically stole a candle. I didn't, I lied and stole. I did two things. Okay, so let's take a look at Ilaria Baldwin. Now that I've confessed my crime, I'm going to make fun of somebody else. To cleanse the palate. So, as you know, Alec Baldwin's wife, Ilaria. Her name is Hillary. She is not from Spain. She grew up in Boston, in Beacon Hill. Whoa, Nelly, that is a rich area. That's like saying uh, Park Avenue, if it's New York City, or you get the picture. Fancy schmadancy. There's no bad section of Beacon Hill where, no, no, we're, you know, very broke. No, no. And this has all come out. I mean, I've talked about this on the Patreon version of the podcast. This story is nothing new. So I don't have to backtrack. But basically, 
just to recap, Alec Baldwin's wife is a white blonde woman. At one point, right before she met Alec, she started spray tanning, dyeing her hair darker, and speaking in a Spanish accent, claiming in these vague ways that she is from Spain, that she grew up both, that she is both, that she is a Spanish-American. She went from Boston to college in New York, but the way she talks about it in interviews is she tries to make it sound like she came from Spain. She claims she didn't know who Alec was because she doesn't know anything about pop culture. She has built a influencer empire by having six kids with Alec, and she does all these like mommy things on Instagram, makes money doing that. Uh, she had sponsorships with a lot of companies. Some of the companies were for Spanish things, like Spanish magazines and, and such. And so she lost a lot of those deals when this news came out last December. Somebody had kind of sleuthed it out and said, wait a minute. She's on this cooking show going, how do you say um, cucumber in English? And they're like, cucumber. And she's like, oh, I forget. So basically, she's been to Spain about six times. Her parents retired in Spain basically when Ilaria was like, you know, late teenager. They loved Spain. Her family loves Spanish culture. They've gone to Spain a few times. They would vacation there, but not even like, oh, we spent summers there, like two weeks at a time we're talking. And she made it sound like she was raised in Spain for half of her life. Uh, and she's not. She's just a white girl with a Spanish, I guess fetish would be the pejorative, but a Spanish obsession and a love of Spanish culture, which is fantastic. But wouldn't it be easier to be like, I've been to Spain a lot. My parents retired there. My brother moved there and married a Spanish woman. I'm like obsessed with Spain. I wish I'd been born there, but I go there as often as I can. I learned Spanish. I think the culture is beautiful. So, you know, but she completely appropriated that she was Spanish. And there's some talk or that, you know, she knew who Alec was and knew uh, through a restaurateur friend of theirs that he had a crush on uh, he liked Spanish women. And so one night she was seated next to him at the restaurant. And she was speaking Spanish to the waiter. And Alec was immediately smitten and was like, who are you? Where are you from? And they both claimed that she was honest that night and said Boston. But she does pretend she... Now, the whole part of the scandal that I found the most delightful was like, it was kind of revealed that Alec is in on it. Like he knows, like she keeps this up. Like... She keeps up the Spanish accent. He knows it's not real. He's been on talk shows imitating his wife. And he's like, oh, she's like this. Oh, Alec. And he's like, my wife's from Spain. So all of this broke on like Christmas Eve 2020. It was to the delight of everybody. We were so stressed out with Trump, the election, the COVID. And we were like, what a gift from heaven that we can just think about this foolishness. And Alec Baldwin was like doubling down on social media, getting mad at everyone. But the basic point is she was completely found out. And there's no debate here. She, she is not at all Spanish. Like not at all. Not even culturally. There's no Spanish in her blood. Nothing. And even one of my listeners wrote me an email once saying that she went to college with Hillary Baldwin, who was a little white blonde girl who did not speak with a Spanish accent. So this woman is probably a little like officially perturbed. Uh, anyway, so we haven't heard from her in a while. Um, she really didn't like get, quote, canceled, if that makes any sense. She did lose a lot of sponsorships. But she never, like, she never apologized. Like, she she was like, oh, like, I walked this, like, perfect line of being like, I understand where some of you think I did something wrong. Like, I never said I wasn't from Boston, but Spanish culture is important to me. It's like, okay. So now, it's on page six again. And it's like, it's just like the gift that keeps on giving, where it's like, Scandal comes out in December, kind of dies down. Now it's like gone, pops up again, 
girl is doubling down. Like, she's just not even acknowledging that that any of this is a problem or that she lied. And it's gorgeous. It's just like, you are a queen for being so crazy. Um, the headline is, Hilaria Baldwin said it was hard growing up fluid and multicultural. She's this is recent. It's not an old interview they dug up. She is still like she has literally just went away for a while and came back like I'm still that same bitch with the spray tan, the dyed black hair, pretending I am Spanish. Bostonian white girl Hillary Hilaria Baldwin is still justifying her Spanish heritage scandal, attacking critics. This is from page six dot com who devalue her brave choice choice to be fluid and multicultural. Now, I don't know what this fluid is that that I keep reading as I'm reading this to you. I, I understand what sexually fluid is uh, and gender fluidity. And I understand making choices, but I don't think you can choose to be... I mean, you, I guess you could be culturally fluid, sure. And, and But you can't choose to be like fluid in the sense of your ethnicity. It's not, I mean, isn't that, it's like that Rachel Dozal or whatever woman that was p- pretending to be black. I mean, this really is crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I was on this Reddit thread that I think I've talked about this, that that a bunch of women were on. And I was just snooping. I never really started an account. But this one woman said, look, Alec is totally in on it. He wanted a Spanish wife. He didn't get one. She's happy to play the part. He wants no drama as he's older. He gives her all the kids she wants. They've got 50 nannies. They got money. They're both living out their fantasies and uh, works for them. And I'm like, I totally believe it. Like this notion, there was a little bit of talk when the scandal first broke. Oh my God, did Alec think the whole time that she really was half Spanish? What's he going to do? It's like, no, he knew the whole time. He doesn't mind. He's out of his mind too. He doesn't mind that this woman is pretending to be Spanish to spice up her life and possibly his. She gets a lot out of it. I mean, literally gets money out of it. And he gets to have a Spanish wife. 20 years younger than him. I mean, everyone's winning there except us. Okay. So she says, we all get to curate our individual expressions of our cultures. No, we don't though. Languages, who we love. Wait, what? This has nothing to do with that. What we believe in, how we dress and present ourselves. Alec Baldwin's wife wrote in a lengthy Instagram post on Thursday. Was she, why is she just like, hello everyone, I'm back and I'm reintroducing you to my scandal. The mom of six who late last year admitted, yes, I'm a white girl from Boston after she was accused of being a fake Spaniard, said people need to either accept the curated persona and move on. But what they shouldn't do is devalue. Okay, so I am just going to go straight to this Instagram post because I did not believe I did not know that. Okay, I'm going to go to this Instagram post right now and I'm going to read this to you. And I am, if you only knew how excited I was, you would maybe just suggest I take a CBD gummy or just something to calm down because I don't know if it's good for my heart rate to be this high. Like, I'm so excited. A lengthy Instagram post from a celebrity who is having an off the rails scandal who does not need to reintroduce us to it is doing so. I'm in. Okay, she wrote, I had a very special experience. So there's a picture of her daughter um, with a painting, it looks like, that the daughter made. It's actually quite good painting. I had a very special experience. I spent time with my family for the first time in nearly two years due to COVID. So I I believe uh, her parents, who had retired in Spain. We talked about how we grew up, our languages, our cultures, multi and very valid. We discussed belonging and how there are people who want to deny others their right to belong. 
When you are multi, it can feel hard to belong. You are constantly going back and forth, trying to be more this or more that. You feel you have to explain why you are the way you are, trying to fit into a world of labels when there might not be one that perfectly defines you. You will never quite fit in because the other parts of you shape and influence all your parts. Nothing inside you can truly exist in a segregated environment, except your DNA that's from Boston and not Spain. (laughs) It's not a light switch that cleanly switches on and off, more of a sliding dial that simply shifts through a rainbow of colors. We all get to curate our individual expressions of our cultures, languages, who we love, what we believe in, how we dress, present ourselves. This is the right that each person should have. People who don't have your life experience can, one, accept it at face value and move on. Two, be curious and want to learn. Three, connect and find similarities to relate to. What they shouldn't do is devalue. You are valid, worthy, and you don't need to explain or get into the uncomfortable prove it conversation. It's uncomfortable because she can't prove it. Uh, You don't owe that to anyone. Just be a good, kind human of this earth. We need to normalize the fact that we are all unique. Our culture, languages, sexual orientations, religions, political beliefs are allowed to be fluid. No! No two of us, I mean, some of that, yes. No two of us are completely alike. People will try to find reason to invalidate you. Therefore, their attacks seem justified in their eyes. They can hate, poke fun, and shame because you asked for it through your audacity to be you. You're just pretending you don't know the word for cucumber in English, and English is your first language. Like, honey, okay. What I had to learn through a very painful experience is that many people relate. So if you are suffering, please know that a loving group see your validity and belonging. We love and accept you just as you are. She should be writing this to people with like mental health issues who pretend to be other people. Like that is a group she should be addressing is like, we see you. Let's work on this. What's going on? Okay. You don't need to be this and then that switching, dancing to the beat of someone else's drum. You can be 100% you all the time. Ebb and flow in your brilliant fluidity as your very legitimate you. Now, I love this message for many things. Gender identity, sexuality, but I just don't think you can be fluidly Spanish when you're not from Spain. You can be like, I like to dress in Spanish culture clothing. I will only cook Spanish food. I get it. Of course, be all about it. But you were pretending you were brought up in Spain and making money off it. That's a difference. Okay, let's look at the comments. What I love about you is your heart, love for your children, husband, and family. You chose to put your vulnerabilities and struggles into helping other people, including myself, and you haven't let any negativity from those who are clearly not happy with themselves. That's always a big one. To darken your energy, your spirit, your true warrior and ray of light. Just a lot of hearts. Uff, how much do I relate on what you say? Uh, The dermatology and laser group says, love this with a heart. Lots of so greats. Uh, Not one negative comment. I have a feeling they're being filtered out. But there she goes. She's back as a Spanish woman. She tried living as Hillary Baldwin from Boston after the scandal, and she was like, I can't do it. I am coming out as fluid culturally. Holy shit. Well, we'll see where this goes. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right. I'm not trying to make, I actually think something's wrong with her and I wish she'd get the help she needs, but what do I know? You know, woo, you know what I'd like to celebrate right now is my Patreon culture. 
It's fluid. You can listen to the free version of the podcast or sometimes you can pay for it. And if you are a subscriber, you get a shout out if you want one. And these are the people that are getting shout outs right now. Everybody, let's do this. I would like to thank you. Dana Scherer. Woo! I stand by you. If you want to be culturally fluid, that's your right as a Patreon subscriber. Thank you. Mike Racho. You're the best, dude. What's up? Thank you. Luke Buley. What a rich bitch you are paying for this podcast. You know what? Hats off to you, Luke. Can I borrow five bucks? Carlos Teal, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your love and your light with me. You make the world a better place. Justin, no last name. This guy thinks he's Madonna or Cher or something. Justin. You're making a statement and I like it. Thank you. Sherry Krause. Woo! I hope you're getting up right now and dancing and celebrating yourself. Just for being you. You don't have to do a goddamn thing and I'm thanking you for being you. So thank you so much. Let's burn up the night, baby. Let's do it together. Veronica Alcon. Look at you, girl. Did you ever think you'd be so far along in life? I hope child you is proud of you. Somebody named Cat Grief Now. I hope that's on your birth certificate. I really do. That's the most amazing name I've ever heard in my life. Cat grief now. I hope you are in no grief. I hope you're in joy, and I thank you for bringing joy to my life. Randy Rockwell. And Phil Rockwell. Are you two related? What kind of... What's going on here? Are you two swingers? I don't know what I'm saying. Randy Rockwell, thank you. Phil Rockwell. Thank you even more. Don't tell Randy I said that. I'm serious. Don't tell Randy. I said that. Thanks for being shining lights. Mary Grant. Mary, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Just thank you. You're a great person. And I got a good feeling about the end of the summer for you. I think August is your month. Don't you forget that. And those are my Patreons this week. Thank you so much for subscribing. I hope you all have big fun. Now, let's talk about this plane crash survivor. I don't know if I'm going to get to the suitcase article, but that's okay. We can do it another time. But I think you want to hear about this lone survivor of a plane crash and how she's doing. Man, if I were in a plane crash, I know this is rude, but let's all be fucking real honest with ourselves. Let's say you're in a plane crash. You have to be in one. Now, let's say someone... Now, you're, you're the only one you know on the flight. You don't know anyone else. And someone says, you can be the only survivor or one of many. You get to choose. No, no. How about that? It's, no one's life is in your hands. But you wake up and you realize you survived. And someone says, there's no other survivors. How many of you know deep in your heart, you're a little bit like, oh my God, that's kind of awesome because... I wouldn't get as much attention if it was like me and five other people. You know, we'd all be on the news together doing like me and the five other people doing our interviews. Like, you know, we're all going to share a book deal or something, you know, but you get all the glory. Like you get all the book deals, you get all the news, you know, interviews. I'm just saying, I know, listen, you already know I'm a criminal that stole from Target. So why would this surprise you that if I found out I was the lone survivor, I'd be like, I, let's just say I'd see the silver lining. How about that? Okay. At 17, her name is Julianne Diller. She's a biologist. At age 17, she was the sole survivor of a plane crash in the Amazon. Now, the Amazon, kids, is an actual place. It is not the shipping warehouse of the place you shop online. 50 years later, 
she still runs Panguana, a research station founded by her parents in Peru. On the morning after Julianne Diller fell to earth, she awoke in the deep jungle of the Peruvian rainforest, dazed with incomprehension. Just before noon on the previous day, Christmas Eve, 1971, she was 17. She and her mom, oh, that's sad, her mom did pass away, boarded a flight in Lima bound for Pucallpa, a rough-and-tumble port city along the Yucayali River. Her final destination was Panguana, a biological research station in the belly of the Amazon where for three years she had lived on and off with her mother, Maria, and her father, Hans Willem Kopecki. Her parents were both zoologists. The flight was supposed to last less than an hour. And about 25 minutes after takeoff, the plane, which was an 86-passenger Lockheed L188A Electra turboprop, I don't like a turboprop, flew into a thunderstorm and began to shake. Oh, Lord, no. Overhead storage bins popped open, showering passengers and crews with luggage. And Christmas presents. Well, that's kind of nice. <laughs> God. My mother, who was sitting beside me, said, hopefully this goes all right, recalled Dr. Diller, who spoke by video from her home outside Munich, where she recently retired. She was the deputy director of the Bavarian State Collection of Zoology. She could sense her mother's nervousness, but she meant she managed to stay calm. She was in a window seat in the back row. She watched a bolt of lightning strike the plane's right wing. She remembers the aircraft nosediving and her mother saying very evenly, now it's all over. Oh, the God, that's bone chilling to hear your mother say that. That's something my mother would say, now it's all over. But she'd say that uh, just as the plane was going down the runway. And the, it is over now. I just have a bad feeling. Uh, the aircraft had a, she remembers people weeping and screaming. Oh God. And she remembers the thundering silence that followed. The aircraft had broken apart. Everyone right now who's listening to this on a plane is like, uh, can I get a drink? And they've, you know, they're putting on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, the aircraft had broken apart, separating her from everyone else on board. She said the next thing she knew, she was no longer inside the cabin. She was in the open air. I hadn't left the plane. The plane had left me. She plunged. The three-seat bench into which she was belted spun like the winged seed of a maple tree toward the jungle canopy. I don't know what a fucking winged seed of a maple tree looks like. So can you just tell me what it was like instead of this metaphor? Now I got to look up a maple tree, whoever wrote this. From above, the treetops re resembled heads of broccoli. Now that I relate to. Dr. Diller recalled she then blacked out only to regain consciousness alone under the bench in a torn mini dress on Christmas morning. She'd fallen 10,000 feet, which is two miles Wow, there's a picture of her after the accident. She looks fucking fantastic. I mean, I don't know how she did it. Um, like, she's not even, like, not a scratch. Uh, her row of seats is thought to have landed in dense foliage, cushioning the impact. She was the sole survivor. Miraculously, her injuries were relatively minor. A broken collarbone, sprained knee, gash on her right shoulder and left calf, one swollen eye shut. Most unbearable was the disappearance of her eyeglasses. She was nearsighted in one of her open back sandals. I lay there like almost an embryo for the rest of the day and the whole night until the next morning. She wrote in her memoir called When I Fell from the Sky, which was published in Germany in 2011. I'm completely soaked, covered with mud and dirt, and it must have been pouring for a day and a night. I mean, that is crazy that she survived even the post-survival. She listened to birds, frogs, insects. She realized that she was uh, in the same jungle uh, in Pan Panguana. She recognized the sounds of wildlife from Panguana, and I realized I was in the same jungle and had survived the crash. What I experienced was not fear, but a boundless feeling of abandonment. In shock, Befogged by a concussion with only a small bag of candy to sustain her, she soldiered on through the Amazon. There were eight-foot speckled caimans, poisonous snakes and spiders, stingless bees that clumped to her face, Ugh. swarms of mosquitoes, riverbed stingways, stingways, stingways. Oh my God. It was the middle of the wet season. There was no fruit and, uh, and dry kindling didn't even exist to make a, rip, a, a fire. The river provided what little nourishment she received. 11 days, despite staggering humidity and blast furnace heat, she walked and waited and swam. I mean, that's crazy because if she had died from those causes, I wonder if anyone who found her would have realized that she had survived for a few days. Um, 
I assume that there'd be ways to tell, but this year's the 50th anniversary of the flight, the deadliest lightning strike disaster in aviation history. Since then, she moved to Germany, became an eminent zoologist. She got married. She became an authority on parasitic wasps. Despite an uh, understandable unease about air travel, she's been continually drawn back to Panguama, the remote conservation outpost established by her parents in 1968. She said, the jungle caught me and saved me. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It was not the jungle's fault that I landed there. She vowed if she stayed alive, she'd devote her life to a meaningful cause that served nature and humanity. Hang on one second, I have to plug in. I have to plug in my uh, camera here. Why does this? Okay, I got it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, she's doing great. She just retired. She has given her life to science. She did say she got a lot of negative uh, feedback after her memoir and she didn't want to be in the public eye. What is wrong with people? Who gives negative feedback to a sole survivor of a plane crash? She works with bats. There are vampire bats, she says. They seldom attack humans, but one did bite her toe. Vampire bats lap with their tongues rather than suck, and after they make a small incision with their teeth, the protein in their saliva called draculin acts as an anticoagulant, which keeps the blood flowing while they feed. I had no idea that Dracula, the vampire, was from an actual word. The protein in the saliva of a vampire bat is called draculin. I'm sure everyone else knew this but me. I never knew that. That is worth it. That is worth it for I don't know what alone. I was going to say the price of this podcast alone. You had to hear all these stupid fucking stories just to get to this fact. Where, where she grew up in Lima, there were lots of earthquakes. So she felt that she grew up knowing that nothing is really safe, not even the solid ground I walk on. And maybe that's the important thing to remember. Every time you go, I don't want to get in a plane. What if it crashes? It's like, what if anything? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? <sighs> but she did receive a reluctant fame from the air disaster thanks to a cheesy Italian biopic in 1974 called Miracles Still Happen, in which the teenage Diller is portrayed as a hysterical dingbat. She avoided the news media for many years after and is still stung by the early reportage, which was sometimes wildly inaccurate. According to an account in Life magazine in 1972, she made her getaway by building a raft of vines and branches. The German weekly uh, called Stern had her feasting on a cake she found in the wreckage and implied from an interview conducted during her recovery that she was arrogant and unfeeling. I mean, she's probably fucking traumatized. Oh, God, people just hate women. She laid low until 1998 when Werner Herzog approached her to uh, turn her story into a documentary for German TV. He was almost on that same flight because he was scouting locations for historical drama he was making. But I guess she did agree to do the documentary and was flown by helicopter to the crash site where she gave the harrowing details to Mr. Herzog. I lo he loves a harrowing detail, doesn't he? You got to give it to him. Oh, tell me more. Uh, that's my impression of him. It's, it's world-renowned. World I actually should watch that. I don't know. Can we find the documentary? It was for German TV in the late 90s, so seems hard to find, but you know the internet. They find everything now. Wings of Hope, it's called an unsettling film that filtered through Mr. Herzog's gruff human humanism demonstrated the strange and terrible beauty of nature. She said that making the documentary was therapeutic. 
At the time of the crash, no one offered me any formal counseling or psychological help. I had no idea that it was even possible to get help. Uh, Okay, so now I've got to click on the link Wings of Hope. And it appears that, uh, yeah, it is on YouTube. Wow, okay. Cancel my plans. I'm watching this tonight. It's an hour and six minutes. Oh my God, this is so exciting. I, I've, of course, in classic Jen Kirkman fashion, I hadn't read the whole article, so I didn't know that there was going to be a hot link to it. Oh my God, I could clear the decks, everybody. I got to watch this tonight. Well, there you go. There's some hope, right? I think the hope in that is that you can survive a plane crash. No, but the hope is that just being alive is a risk and you just never know. And, and hopefully that's of comfort. I know for some people that makes them feel more neurotic. I learned in my years with anxiety that, that that became a source of comfort for me is going, unless I worry about every little thing every second, which seems exhausting and like kind of a waste of life, then I really can't worry about too much unless I'm currently in a situation where I need to worry. And usually in those situations where you actually need to worry, something kicks in where you actually start to take action and uh, try to survive, right? So worry is kind of like a, it's not really a helpful emotion. Okay, Jen, listener emails, and then we will say goodbye. If you want to send me one, I seem fun at gmail.com. Jen, people are dreaming about me, you guys. I had a dream about you the other night I thought was sort of funny. You invited all your listeners over to your apartment. Oh, Lord. You wanted us to go through all your clothes and design outfits for you. The best designer got to win, but I don't even think there was a prize involved. Anyway, we all worked very hard to impress you. She wrote, with your own clothes? My design was sort of a Glenn Close patent leather Corella DeVille. She wrote, do I win? It's from Megan. Uh, Megan, you don't win because my AC was broken recently and I cannot be wearing patent leather in the heat. But... um. You know, I don't know. I'd have to see. I'd have to see what other people dream up. But I love that, and it's weird to me that you're in my dreams. Uh, but okay, uh, you're not. You're in my dreams. That I'm in your dreams. But I know why because a lot of you listen to me as I, as you go to sleep. Why am I confusing you and I? Am I crazy? Jen, just wanted to drop a quick note of gratitude to you today. I'm struggling hard with sobriety lately, but I have to say your podcast is making life a little bit easier right now. Actually, a lot of it. I usually listen to your podcast when cleaning or doing dishes and other tasks, but today I'm just sitting and listening as I'm completely useless today. Sorry, don't be. And it's as funny and endearing as ever. Love and light and thanks to all you do in this world. You're truly one of the greats. From Carolyn. Keep it up with the sobriety, you know, Sometimes just sitting and listening to a podcast is the best we can do. So what's wrong with that? We're just sitting and listening, being a human alive. One minute at a time that you're sober is amazing. And uh, any minute at a time that we're not causing harm to ourselves and others, that's basically the point of life. So you're kind of nailing it just sitting there listening to the, the podcast. It doesn't even have to be my podcast. just any podcast. Jen, I've been a fan since the olden days when you were a frequent guest on the Pod F Tomcast. Oh, in fact, I was a weekly guest, I think. But the last couple of weeks, I guess this is sometime in June, I've been listening to your podcast a bunch. The new episodes remind me of the early days at WTF. That's Mark Maron's podcast. They're excellent, bitter, hilarious, confessional, and impossible to stop listening to. But your episode of 387 Fashionism has something the early Marin episodes never had. Dead air and texting your sister, LOL. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, listen, I've always been a confessional comic, so my podcast would has been confessional since since all the way back to 2013. Um, always had some bitterness in there too. <laughs> uh, you are hilarious and adorable. Well, don't need to, don't need, don't care what I look like, and I feel like a jerk making fun of you. I don't know what he's talking about. Men often think I remember them. Men online. Uh, I don't even know if I'd be called making fun of me, but they write weird comments all the time. I tend to mute or block or just be like, what are you fucking doing? And I delete. I literally never remember their names. I don't remember it. It happens hundreds of times a week. If I remembered it, it I would no. Okay, my compu- my camera just shut off. Um, so I'm going to end this podcast right now. I've got to fix this camera. I thought I'd already fixed it. It's got a heat issue or something. Anyway, until next week. Have fun.
Where's the button? Turn this off. Until next week, have fun. <laughs> <laughs>